Hi, hello, ladies, gentlemen, and everyone in between. I am your host, Jessica Lemon, and you are listening to Sour, Sweet, and Spooky, a paranormal, true crime, and all things out of the ordinary podcast. And if you're a new listener, hello! I'm super excited to have you here to join my little community that I'm trying to grow. And if you're an avid listener, welcome back! I wanted to start today by saying thank you to everyone. You've all been so amazing, and honestly, this week has been one of the hardest I've had in a really, really long time, and it's just sucked, but I'm just really grateful to have you guys here with me and interact with my posts and chatting with me through Messenger. It's been a great distraction from my real-life problems that have just had me basically crying nonstop, so thank you all for always being so supportive. You have no idea how much it means, honestly. And I know I say it like every show, but I really am so, so grateful. Also, thank you to everyone who's been putting in orders on my shop. I sent them out the other day, so I'm all caught up right now. So feel free to order some more stuff from SourSweetSpooky.com and I will get right on it. And when I tell you that it helps so much, I mean it helps me out in getting just one little step closer to quitting my day job. And man, I have been in retail way too long. I just need to get out. So keep sharing, keep reviewing, keep being amazing. Speaking of reviews, I've already started sending out stickers to people who have reviewed the show for free, so keep writing those reviews and sending me screenshots so I can get your info and send out a fun sticker. I also got a P.O. box this past weekend, so if you've ever wanted to send something, please do. I'll have that address in my show notes, so check it out. Please just don't send me any kind of, like, haunted artifact or creepy dolls or, like, poison. That wouldn't be awesome. Um, Anything else, though, I will be super excited to open Now that we're on the topic of opening things up, it's Christmas Eve. Some families celebrate the holiday today by opening presents and having a big family dinner, but due to the 2020 pandemic, not as many families have been able to get together, but there are still Zoom parties happening and people are opening presents and finding some way to spend some time with their loved ones. But if you're taking some time away from your family or you're without family to celebrate with in person this year, kind of like myself, I hope you are ready for a Christmas Eve cryptid, a legend, a demon, an anti-Santa, if you will. Today, I'm going to be telling you about the one and only Krampus. the story of Santa Claus. A portly man dressed in a red suit and hat who uses his magic to cross the globe delivering presents to nice little boys and girls. And we all know that for the bad little boys and girls, all they receive from Santa is coal, right? Well, in some countries, Santa is also known as Saint Nicholas, and he doesn't leave coal for the bad kids. He leaves the bad kids to his counterpart, the yin to his yang, Krampus. Or as it's more properly pronounced, but also probably very badly pronounced because I'm not German, Krampus. Krampus is described as a half-goat, half-demon with cloven hooves for feet and giant horns up on his head. He's covered in dark fur, stands tall with a tongue that lolls past his chin. He has fangs and bloodshot eyes. He's pretty much the exact opposite of the friendly jolly old Saint Nick we all know. His name originates from the German word Krampen, which means claws. And man, if this guy doesn't stick his claws in those bad kids. He's known to carry chains and bells so you knew when he was coming, and birch tree branches that he would use to whip bad children to the brink of death 
to show them a lesson and put them back into place. He's also known to carry a large sack similar to St. Nicholas, except instead of being full of gifts, Krampus kidnaps the bad children and takes them to the underworld. In some stories, it's said that he eats the children alive. Others just mention that they're simply part of the underworld as a constant reminder to children that if they misbehave, Krampus will come get them. Krampus is mostly located in the Germanic countries like Germany and Austria, and it's debated if Krampus became part of the worldly lore before or after Christianity became popular, but it's often credited to the pagan traditions dating back to the early 12th century. So the 1100s, which doesn't even feel like a real, like, time period, like, that's nearly a thousand years ago. What makes things worse about what Krampus did is that St. Nicholas, though a saint and good and kind-hearted, he knew what Krampus was doing. He knew the tortures he'd dish out, but he stayed silent. Like the number one rule of Fight Club, you just don't talk about Fight Club. Well, the number one rule about St. Nick and Krampus, you don't talk about all the death and murder and torture of children. Except, I mean, those rumors begin to circulate, and if you were to say anything about Krampus, it would send shivers down people's spines. See, it started innocent, kind of like our more modern elf on the shelf. On the evening of December 5th, Krampusnacht, or Krampus night in English, Krampus would go around putting golden birch tree branches into the naughty kids' boots that were left out by the front door, as was a tradition. On St. Nicholas Day, December 6th, St. Nicholas would go around leaving little gifts for the children whose boots were empty. Since Krampus had already left the branch, St. Nicholas knew who had been naughty and who was nice. He would leave fruits and sweets for the good children, and the bad ones would take their branch and hang it up in their homes as a reminder to be good, so that next year Krampus wouldn't take them to the underworld. Krampus is said to be the son of the Norse god of the underworld, Hel, H-E-L. And during the 12th century, again back to the 1100s, the Catholic Church tried to banish him due to his resemblance to the devil. Krampus was a big part of postcards back in the 1890s. His image was used on the cards in various situations like ripping out pigtails, leading kids off cliffs, sadistic ear pulling, which I had to look up and I couldn't find anything on it, but I'm assuming it's literally just violently pulling on the children's ears, basically Van Goghing them, but by ripping and not cutting. He was also drawn putting preteens in shackles, forcing children to beg for mercy, hauling kids to the lake of fire, drowning children to death in ink, and then fishing them out with a pitchfork, which, what? Some other ones weren't just children, but adults. Like, there's one that portrays Krampus as a large woman whipping tiny men with her bundle of birch sticks or carrying men off in her satchel. Also, of Krampus proposing to women, there's one where this smiling woman, this happy woman, is holding Krampus in the air and he looks just defeated and she's holding his bundle of birch sticks behind her back. And these were on postcards that you would write, like, thinking of you, hope you're well, on the back and sending to your friends and family. Like, imagine getting a postcard from Germany and you're in New York. It's the late 1800s, you're vibing, and this postcard has this, like, actual demon murdering children on it. And your friend's little note is like, lol, saw this and thought of you, peace sign. Like, what? <laughs> and in 2004, there was an art director and a graphic designer named Mont Bouchamp who published a book of old vintage Krampus cards and actually organized an art show that was inspired by the cards. And this was really some of the first Krampus-related things Americans were seeing since Krampus hadn't really made its way across the ocean yet. So, yeah. Okay, so now we're jumping into the 1930s, like 1934 to 1938. Austria was under a fascist rule, and so Krampus was seen as a symbol of sin and basically became the poster child of the Socialist Democrats at the time. And the government associated Krampus with anti-Christian ideals and all these socialist values. 
and they like hated that stuff. So then the Austrian Catholics Union tried to boycott Krampus because Krampus was now becoming more popularized and due to what he basically stood for, not the killing children, but like having anti-Christian views, apparently the government of Leans made the celebrations of Krampus forbidden and made it known that they would arrest anyone who was dressed up as Krampus. They also made it so anyone who wanted to portray St. Nicholas would need to acquire an official license to do so. So they were like cracking down on this. But that didn't really last too long and Krampus reigned on as a much feared holiday symbol. In 1953, the kindergarten system in Vienna began giving out pamphlets to new students to give to their parents that stated that Krampus was an evil man. And it warned parents not to talk about Krampus to their children because it would scar them. Which I mean, yeah, if I moved to a new place and they gave me a pamphlet that told me that if I was bad, I'd be eaten alive by a monster, I'd probably be terrified, especially as what, like a, a five-year-old? But I mean, that was also the point of Krampus, to scare children into being good so that they would receive presents. Like Elf on the Shelf, little sprinkles won't come kill you, but they will report you to Santa if you've been naughty and you won't get your gifts. So the modern version is less scary, but still effective, I think. Do any of you guys actually have an Elf on the Shelf? Does it work with your kiddos or your siblings? Or do you think like a more violent beast would be more effective? Let me know. Krampus continued to gain popularity around the world. And in the 1960s, during the season of love, man, and the hippie takeover, Krampus became this BDSM sex symbol and a lot of artwork that depicted him in some wild ways. But I mean, he used to whip people so I can see how he would then be adopted by the hippies as this like BDSM sex symbol. But also he whipped children for being bad. So it kind of makes it really fucked up and really kind of pedophilish, which is disgusting. So really weird. But I mean, the 60s were also a very weird time. So yeah, it was a weird time. But I'm also not surprised I've seen like weirder stuff in modern times that people have sexualized, so some crazy Christmas demon doesn't really shock me. In modern days, Krampus has his own celebrations. In 2015, there was actually a horror comedy movie made about Krampus, and my friend Alyssa and I would always joke about our periods and say that Krampus has arrived to claw out our insides, which sounds awful and disgusting, but anyone who has periods knows what we mean. There are, <laughs> and there are celebrations where people dress up as Krampus. Like, they are terrifying, and the quality is, like, Comic-Con guest cosplayer quality. And these people chase kids and adults around the streets and hit their shins and ankles with sticks, which sometimes are actually very forceful, but I think they're regulating it more. But yeah, these people basically mimic what Krampus would do, but not, like, actually do it. Like, when you go to a haunted house for Halloween, except these Krampuses will literally go into people's homes and like parents will let them in basically to terrorize their children and the parents are like all for it. So these demon dressed people will come into homes, scare kids, and the parents will then give the people that are dressed up as Krampus alcohol and it's traditionally schnapps that they give them and then just send them on their way to go terrorize another family. And it was really funny. I was listening to the And That's Why We Drink podcast and M mentioned that it's like a weird pub crawl and a shitty daycare. And like, yeah, it's really like you dress up like Krampus, scare kids, and then get alcohol at each place before moving on to the next. And it was just really funny. And I, I was laughing. And then Christine, the other host who is German, was like, welcome to Germany. And I mean, like, yeah, that sums up Germany. And the masks that they use during the celebration, which is called the Krampusloth or Krampus Run, aren't like a Halloween store pickup. Like I mentioned, they are great quality, but there are artists that hand carve these masks out of wood. And some even end up in museums. Like some of the antique ones will end up in folklore museums or museums that are just dedicated to Krampus that collect the old masks and costumes and display them. And there's a couple of those in Kitzbühel and Stahlhofen, which I think would be really, really cool to visit. 
A lot of cities in the United States have adopted Krampus as kind of a regular Yuletide tradition and hold parades and festivals celebrating Krampus similar to those in Europe. I know Orlando, Florida has had celebrations in the past as well as Los Angeles, California, but obviously due to COVID, those didn't get a chance to show off this year, but that's okay. And hopefully demons are a little more susceptible to COVID-19 and have had their numbers dwindled because no one needs any more negativity in their life these days. Plus, Anthony Fauci said he personally flew to the North Pole and gave Santa the vaccine so he is safe to drop off presents to all the little boys and girls who honestly been through a lot this year. And we all have. And, And I hope that you all too are doing something nice for yourselves this holiday season. We all need it. As for Krampus, leave some schnapps up for him and he should leave you alone. Hmm... Maybe. (laughs) So, how was that for a little holiday cheer? Or fear? Maybe more holiday fear? (laughs) Anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed today's show, and as a nice little bonus, I'll have another story up tomorrow a fun look into the christmas origins for some extra content before the year's up after this week we only have one more week until 2020 comes to hopefully be a good year but i don't want to jinx it so (laughs) we're just taking things day by day if you enjoy the show pretty please make sure to write a review and rate the show hopefully five stars and if you do write a review let me know so i can send you a sticker for free i have sent a few out already and would really love to send some more to you guys Plus, rating the show and writing reviews helps with the podcasting algorithm thing that could help me out by putting me in people's suggestions and will help build our little community. I mentioned earlier that I have a P.O. box now, so if you have stickers or just fun crafts or honestly anything you want to share with me, I will definitely talk about it on the show because I love opening things and getting mail. But like I said earlier, please nothing haunted. I really would appreciate that. I'm not a fan of dolls or creepy objects, so none of that, but... (laughs) Otherwise, I'm down. And make sure to check out the SourSweetSpooky.com website for more info on today's show, as well as checking out the shop. I still have that holiday discount going on, so use the promo code SWEET in all caps for some extra holiday happiness with your orders. You can keep up with me and some updates on the show by following SourSweetSpooky, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all there, or myself, just at Jessica Lemon with two L's. You will find me. I love you guys. And I'm really so grateful for you all. And I can't wait to get some of your reviews in. I love reading them. I love your feedback. And I mean, I will see you all tomorrow. with some really cool content. So be ready for a brand new story. Oh, and as always, stay sour. Stay sweet. Stay spooky. Krampus. (laughs) Krampus. Compass, compass, compass. I'm just saying it like 40 times. I'm gonna pick the best one. You ready?